know that you were in this room with us. So, Lord, we just thank you. And just, Lord, just as I said, let us just sit in the goodness of, of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat if you have not already. We are going to try to, I'm going to try to stand again today. We're going to try something new here for a while after my surgery. So we're, we started a series two weeks ago. Grove spoke last week for me. My son graduated from med school, so we were out in Oregon. Yes, so it's a big accomplishment, but he still has five years ahead of him. So it's a long, long haul. But we're in this series. We're looking at these habits of Jesus when his disciples were with him. And they had to acknowledge it's called, yes, I'm with him. But maybe there were things that Jesus did where you kind of go reluctantly say, yes, I'm with him. And so we looked at the first one when we looked at Jesus spit, like he spits. He spits on the ground. He makes some mud, put it in a guy's eyes. But the thing is, is that the blind man is healed. This blind man that's been healed from, from birth, he's been blind, he can now see. And if you remember, that was our first one we looked at, these bad habits of Jesus. And today we're going to look at a habit of Jesus that he procrastinated. He, he wasn't on time. He didn't, or at least, he didn't keep time the way we want him to keep time. He kept time the way Jesus wanted to keep time. He kept time on his time. Or it wasn't how Jesus, how we want Jesus to respond to us and, and to do things when we want him to do things. So I'm going to say this about time, about God's time, about Jesus' time, is that God's never early, he's never late, he's always on time, and God's time is always perfect. Now, myself, I don't like to be late for things. I want to be on time for everything. I come actually a few minutes early usually. And when I have a meeting and there's back-to-back meetings, like I don't schedule a meeting for 2 o'clock here that ends at 3, and then I have to be all the way out on the West End at 3 o'clock. Like that's not realistic. So I schedule time between that. And also schedule if it goes a little bit long, I still have time to to make that. Now, my expectation is, God, you're supposed to have this same time schedule as I have. That if I need something, I'm, I need this amount of time, and I need it scheduled. I need the answer now. I need it when I think I need it. And I expect God to just snap his fingers when I snap my fingers and do it for me. To fit my schedule so that I can be on time. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't seem to. It's like Tuesday of this week. So Tuesday of this week, I just got a lot of stuff going on. So I'm, I need some answers to things that I've been praying to God about them for a while, and, and I just need to hear back from some people. So I'm, I, I'm waiting to say, you know, I really need to hear back from this person today. I just, I just really need to, to, so that I know some direction to go. Well, actually, God answered this time. Like, he kind of worked on my schedule, but the problem was it wasn't the person I needed to hear back from. It was someone else. It was a different person. So this person called me, and and actually, this is a person that was, again, God didn't answer when I needed him to, so I thought this was dead. Like, I thought this idea or this path was a dead end because I hadn't heard from this person, so I thought that idea was over, so I was going to have to come up with another solution for this problem. And did you notice something? There's a lot of I in that. There's a lot of I gave up. I'm giving up on God. 
I'm thinking the door is closed. I'm thinking God closed the door because I haven't heard on the time that I think I should have heard from. Then the funny thing was is the, the person I really wanted to hear from, I needed to hear from, they called me like an hour later. So they did. God answered me. I got, so now I've got both doors open, but the thing is one is going this way and one is going that way. So now what do I do? So I got two doors open. God has finally responded to my prayer on, t- on a little bit of my time, but he's, I still think he's kind of too late. And I'm confused. I don't know what direction to go to. So I'm, now i got to pray to God and say, okay, which direction? I need more wisdom. I need, I need to know what to do here or just make it all go away. But the thing is, is if I wouldn't have waited, if God hadn't procrastinated, I would have missed out on, on what actually, it might turn out that there's some better solutions than anything I ever would have been able to come up with. So remember what I said today. God's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. God's time is always perfect. One of the first, we're going to look at two stories today of how Jesus procrastinates. The first one we're going to look at is in Luke 8, 40 to 56. If you want to turn there, we're not going to look at the whole thing because both of these sections are kind of long. But this is a story in Jesus' life where we see actually two people healed. This synagogue leader comes up to Jesus. He pleads with Jesus. He says, Jesus, will you come to my house? My only daughter, my daughter who is 12 years old, is dying. Will you come and heal her? So let's start, look at our, start our story in verse 42. It says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. So we see Jesus. He's on his way to heal this girl. He's on his way to this girl is dying. Her father is like, thank you, Jesus, for coming. And he's on his way. He's probably going, will you hurry up? So I'm assuming that there's some importance for Jesus to get here before this girl dies. The time is, is, is important. But what do we see? Jesus stops. He delays his arrival. He delays his arrival to speak with a woman who he knew touched him despite there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people pressing up against, rubbing against him, touching him. And he knows that this woman touched him. And he pauses. He asks, who who touched me? Now this woman's been waiting for 12 years to be healed. 12 years this woman has been waiting and I can't even wait one day for an answer. Jesus and this woman speak. Again, Jesus is delaying his arrival to this dying girl. As they're, they're talking, somebody comes up to Jairus, who is the father of this girl, and he says, don't bother the teacher anymore. He goes, Jesus, you don't need to come because the girl's dead. The girl has died. Jesus procrastinated. He's healing someone else, and now this girl that he's supposed to be healing is now dead. How do you think that dad felt? We probably feel like that sometimes. We pray for Jesus for answers. We see Jesus, we're praying and we're praying, and we see Jesus doing stuff in other people's lives. 
just like Jesus did to this dog, this, this woman that's been bleeding for 12 years. Yet we don't see things happen in our life. Or we see what we think is maybe tragedy happen in our life. We think that maybe God doesn't care. Or maybe God's too busy. Maybe he's too busy in someone else's life to do anything in my life. Maybe we, don't, we just don't get the answers we want. We think God is just too late. It's too late, God. You can't help me right now with this situation. It's, it's, too, it's too late. We operate on our timetable, not on God's timetable. And I think a lot of us, we just end up giving up on God. Now, did Jairus give up? The synagogue leader, did he give up? Let's look at the rest of this story in, in, in the life of Jesus and see what happened. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. I think this is an example of what I said, right? God's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. And God's time is always perfect. I don't know why this woman had to wait 12 years to be healed. I have no idea. But I think that's showing God's never early. I don't know why Jairus had to be told that his daughter is dead. Experience all of those emotions. But God's never late. I don't understand God's timing. I just don't. Jesus raising this girl from being dead. But God's always on time. Now, even though we don't understand many things, I think we see God's timing is always perfect. Don't give up on God. He doesn't give up on you. Even in those times when it, looks, seems, it might seem like he's not listening. There's, there's no response. There's not, he's not responding. We don't see anything going on in our lives. It doesn't seem like he's doing anything. But he is. He is. We need to follow God's timing, and we need to trust in him. Now, the next story that we're going to look at is of Jesus procrastinating is the story of Lazarus. This is found in John 11. So Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus. They said that their brother Lazarus, he's ill. He's dying. He's, he's, he's not doing well. Can you come? And the text tells us actually that, that this is the one you love. Lazarus is the one, Jesus, you, you love him, and he's sick. So this is a close relationship that Jesus has with him. So let's look at verse 4. This is Jesus' response. He says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus didn't come right away. He procrastinated. He delayed. He stayed where he was for two more days. Then all of a sudden, he said to his disciples, he said, okay, boys, let's go. Let's go, to a, let's go see my friend. So by the time they arrive to Lazarus, he's already dead. Text says he's been in the tomb for four days. So he's been dead for a while. Martha gets word that Jesus is here, so Martha comes to Jesus. Martha comes to Jesus and she says these words, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
blaming Jesus. Jesus tells her that your brother's going to rise again. Martha doesn't understand. She's all messed up in the head. And Martha thinks that Jesus is talking about the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection that will happen in the last days. So Jesus responds to her, says, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha says, yeah, I believe this. I, I, she believes that Jesus is the Messiah. But she still doesn't quite understand what Jesus is talking about. Because remember in verse 4, it says this will not re- result in the death of Lazarus. So she goes back, tells Mary that Jesus is here. Mary goes out to see Jesus. And then Mary says to Jesus the same words as Martha. She, he says, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same response as her sister. I, it seems like they've given up on Jesus. They've given up. that Can't help him now. Can't help my brother Lazarus now. Both Mary and Martha, they're probably defeated. They're thinking, Jesus, you're too late. You, didn't, you just didn't come early enough. You didn't come on time. If you would have come when you were supposed to, Lazarus would not be dead. And then Jesus sees Mary weeping. He sees the people around Mary weeping. And it says, it tells us that Jesus is deeply moved in the spirit, and he's troubled. And Jesus asks, where, where have you laid him? Take me, take me to see where Lazarus is. So the people respond. They say, yeah, we're, and they say, come, come and see, Lord. Then we have the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. So let's pick up this story in verse 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Just once, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said, This is for the benefit of the people standing here and that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is kind of crazy, right? This guy's been dead for four days. They're saying he smells, he's all wrapped up. It's like a mummy, and Jesus says, come forward, and he comes forward, like, and he's alive. Now, both of these stories, we see Jesus bringing back someone, someone that's been dead back to life. And both parties might have felt like, like when this person died, when this girl died, when Lazarus died, that Jesus, you're too late. You let us down. Let them down because Jesus, he didn't come right away. But Jesus... You're too late. You didn't show up. But I'm going to tell you, God doesn't let us down. God doesn't let us down. Our time is different from God's time. In the first story, remember the first one was healed. It's this woman. She waited 12 years. 
Jairus was told, don't bother Jesus anymore. It's too late. Mary and Martha said, if you would have come, Jesus, my brother would not be dead. Jesus, you waited too long to come. You shouldn't have procrastinated. Reasons for all of them to think, I think God, to them think, to saying, God, you let me down. Jesus didn't come right away when he thought they sh- he should have. He procrastinated. Mary and Martha might have thought that Jesus would have dropped everything. Like, Lazarus is your bestie. Like, you should, Jesus, you should have came right away. Jairus probably thought Jesus would have come right away because of the position that he had. Remember, he was a synagogue leader, so he had prestige. Jesus, he probably thought, well, Jesus will come right away just because of who I am. Mary and Martha will come right away because they're best friends. But Jesus didn't because he doesn't care about those things. Jesus doesn't play favorites. Jesus cares about what the Father asks him to do. Jesus' time clock is different than ours. Remember, our time clock, we want answers now. We want things done now. So probably similar in all of your households, Kim asked me to do something. Well, when she asked me to do something, that means I need to do it right now. My timetable? Aiden's laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) That means to me, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it right now. Both of us have our own time clocks. Both of us think when we should get this done. Both of us are probably correct in our thinking when something needs to be done, but we do it when we want it done according to our time. But Jesus, however, is never early. He's never late. He's always on time. And Jesus' time is always perfect. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God doesn't let us down. His timing's different than ours, but his timing is perfect. Ours is not. Next thing I want to point out is Jesus wept. I'm not, I'm not pointing this out because this is an answer to a trivia question that you might come across. This verse, really, it shows us that Jesus cares. It shows us that God cares. It shows us that Jesus and God, they have emotions. In our story, we see uh, of Jairus, we see that Jesus, when the people are wailing, he tells them to stop wailing. So maybe he's showing emotions of frustration. Maybe he's showing emotions of anger. And then the next thing is is that Jesus says she's not dead. The people laugh at him. Like, who likes to be laughed at? Nobody likes to be laughed at. I'm sure Jesus had emotions about that. But the thing is, is, Jesus did not sin. Jesus had emotions, same emotions we have. He felt sadness when his friend died. I'm sure he felt sadness when Lazarus died. I bet he, he felt also sad because Mary and Martha were questioning him, saying, God, if you would have come earlier. Maybe he was sad because people just didn't understand who he really was. People don't understand us sometimes. He's angry because people don't understand. People don't believe. I imagine he felt joy. When, I bet he felt joy when this woman touched him and was healed. And because of her faith, he probably was, he was happy. He felt joy. He felt joy, I bet, when he saw Lazarus come out of that tomb. point is that God gave us all of these emotions. And it's okay to have them. Most of my life, I, I, 
I was a couple emotions. That's where my life was. Because in my house, it wasn't okay. And the emotions I had were kind of unpleasant ones. But the emotions in my house, you weren't really express them. And if you did express them, the emotions that came out were usually anger and yelling or being passive-aggressive. Now, it was just recently, in like the last five or ten years, I've learned to begin to operate in all of these emotions. It hasn't really been easy. I'll tell you that. It hasn't been easy, but it's worth it. Because now I'm experiencing the way God created me to be, created me with all these emotions. Some of you probably lived in similar households. Ones were where emotions maybe were suppressed or maybe emotions were just out of control. Because remember, Jesus didn't sin, but he had those emotions. Because Jesus wept. Showing us that Jesus was someone, he knows exactly what we're going through. That verse, it's the smallest verse, but it opens so much. It means Jesus does know. He knows when we experience those things in our life, he knows Jesus has experienced those same emotions. He can help us through it. We can rely on him. We can trust him because Jesus is not going to let us down. The thing I want to mention is everything is for the glory of God. Do you notice in this story, verse 4, Jesus said about Lazarus, he said, and the end of the story, it said, everything is happening so the glory of God can be demonstrated. So look at verse 40 again. It says, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? We sang that song, The Goodness of God. This is that glory. God's glory is all around us. There can be tragedy. Bad things happen. But God's glory is still present. Jesus didn't heal people just because, well, that's the nice thing to do. That would be really nice if I healed that person. Or that would be the right thing to do. Because you know what, man, if I spit in some mud and I put this in this guy's eyes, like that's going to be really, really cool. And these guys are going to write stories about it and they're going to put it in this book. And That's not why he did it. Jesus healed people to demonstrate God's glory. Because Jesus operates in his time, not our time. Jesus got interrupted. He was on his way to heal that girl. And a woman touched his 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 robe and he he got interrupted he stopped jesus procrastinated he didn't come right away he waited he had business to finish before he went to see lazarus jesus didn't show up when people exactly wanted him to show up he he was working on his time on god's time sometimes it looked like it was just too late but it wasn't jesus showed up when god's glory could best be revealed we as followers of Jesus might be asked to do the same. None of us like to get interrupted, right? We want to do things when we want to do them. Or we want to do it when we think we need to do it. Now, I, I think probably my life's not much different than yours. That you have goals for the day, right? Like a lot of people, we, have a, have a, we write to-do lists. We have it on our phone. There's, in fact, I got it on my phone. There's an app, a to-do so I write these things of what to do today. Well, I don't always get them done. Because Jesus might have something different for me to do that day. He might have something different because I might have to be interrupted. It might have to look like maybe I'm procrastinating to some people of getting something done. 
to procrastinate what I think I should be doing or what someone else thinks I should be doing. There was a story this week I read in the news. This guy was on an airplane. He's flying first class. This elderly lady walks by. She's struggling to get to her seat. She can't see very well. She's way in the back of the plane. And the, the guy goes and says to the stewards, he says, can you go get that lady? I want to switch seats with her. So he swapped, swapped seats with her. This man, he gives up his comfort of flying first class. Like, you know, that's, those are the big seats that, you know, really comfortable. They feed you food with real utensils, not plastic. Real glasses, not plastic glasses. He wasn't going to get off the plane. He might have had a tight schedule. He wasn't getting off the plane as, as fast as he wanted to. Because remember, first class people are in the front. So they get off. They're, they're the first ones off the plane. His time schedule was going to get all messed up. But the actions of this man, I would say, demonstrated God's glory to this elderly woman. And everybody else that witnessed it on this plane saw God's glory. It had to because it made the national news. It made him later than he wanted to be. But Jesus is going to ask us to do things we had no intention of doing. Go places we had no intention of going. Meet with people we had no intention of meeting people meeting with. Why? Probably to learn to procrastinate. Not really procrastinate, but it's so we learn ourselves to never be early, never be late, always on time, and know that God's time is always perfect. We learn to be more like Jesus. We see opportunities to reveal God's glory in our lives, in each other's lives. There's a question I, you know I like to ask questions. There's a question. Who are you more like in these stories? Are we more like the servants? The servants of Jairus that came to him and said, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. It's too late. Mary and Martha, who both said to Jesus, if you'd been here sooner, my brother would not have died. Jesus, you didn't come on time. Jesus, you're too late. Jesus, maybe it's your fault. Are you living just stuck in our own timetable expecting Jesus to respond just how you expect him to and when you expect him to because our life events don't happen necessarily on our on the time frame you expect them to so you start to blame Jesus like Mary and Martha or you be like the servants and you just give up saying Jesus don't bother coming anymore and you really you aren't you giving up on Jesus you give up on God or, here's this woman, there's just a few lines about her. This woman that has been waiting 12 years to be healed. She never gave up on God. We can trust God's timing. We could follow the example of Jesus. Just not be in such a rush. Or such a hurry. Now, if, think about this. If Jesus would have rushed right off to this daughter of Jairus. Not stopped long enough for this, like if he was sprinting and this woman wasn't able to touch his robe, didn't stop and talk to her. This woman may have never been healed. If Jesus rushed off to Lazarus, Jesus, remember when I said Jesus knows what we experience, he knows what we go through. He wouldn't have experienced the, the news of being told his best friend is dead. And all the emotion that goes with it. So we can know 
that Jesus experienced everything we have. If Jesus would have rushed off to Lazarus, do you think God's glory would have been revealed that day? God's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. God's time is always perfect. What if we lived our lives truly believing that? Live the same way. We learn to wait. We learn to procrastinate. I'm going to give you a quote. This is Leonard Sweet. It says, We would be well advised to learn Jesus' bad habit of procrastination. We especially need to learn to wait on Jesus, which is both a Mary, Martha, and Mary meaning. There is a waiter meaning of waiting on Jesus, which means serving him by serving others. To put the interest of others before our own is not to be weak, but to be strong enough to transcend selfishness. That's why love is only for the strong, not the weak. Only the strong can love. Even when Jesus was being whipped and driven to his crucifixion, his thoughts were not about himself, but about others and us. Isn't it selfish when we expect to have things done when we want them done on our time? We're selfish when we want things the way we want them, when we want them. Because it takes time when we put others first, doesn't it? We put off our things to put others first. Jesus, I'm sure, wanted to go right away and heal this daughter of Jairus. But the unselfish thing was to do was to pause long enough to heal this woman that's been suffering for 12 years. Jesus wanted to go heal Lazarus, but he knew the timing wasn't right. So he waited. He waited so that God's glory would be revealed. He didn't wait. Game two of the NBA Finals is tonight. He didn't wait for that to be over. He didn't wait for the Stanley Cup Finals to be over. He didn't wait for to do something for himself, something that he was doing. He waited because he had others in mind. Knowing this was going to cost him some time. But knowing that it's going to be worth it because God's glory would be revealed. Knowing that he was going to leave us an example. An example to follow God's timing. That it's okay to procrastinate. It's okay to wait. It's okay for that when why we're waiting, why we're procrastinating, when it's for God's glory to be revealed. So I'm just going to say it again. It's the last time I'm going to say it. Because God's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. God's time is always perfect. So yes, I'm with him. Let's pray.